There it goes. You've got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good morning. Yeah, that's my son in the middle. So just so you let you know that uh, he worked with me for 15 years until the Garden City Chapel snuck him away, and now he's uh, working for you guys. I got nobody to talk to at work anymore, so it throws my system off. But uh, a couple things. I'm, I'm glad. You gonna come back and put some more batteries in me? Holy Spirit ain't good enough here. <laughs> Got to have some batteries in there. Um, so anyway, there's several things I uh, need you to know about me. I, I One thing is, is I'm not doing a Mother's Day sermon. Ricky said, you don't have to do a Mother's Day sermon if you don't want to. And he, there's a reason for it. Um, my old pastor, Julian Riddle, I don't know if anybody knew Julian or not, but he died about a year and a half ago. Good guy. He would preach a sermon, and he would do a Mother's Day sermon, and I mean it was probably the best sermon you ever heard in your life. You're like, oh, my gosh, it is so good. And I'd walk out depressed. Father's Day sermon, he'd go, oh, because Julian could preach, and I'd walk out depressed. Because I felt as though I could never live up to what the, the husband was supposed to do for that great mother and take care of this and do all these things. I'd walk out down. Father, I'd, I can't live up to that status. I'd walk out down. <laughs> So when I became a pastor, I said, I will not do any Mother's Day or Father's Day services. I'm going to preach Jesus. Because I don't think at any given time Jesus looks at us as though we are not hit cutting the mustard, which is a good thing. I, I, I love moms, so I would give you a Mother's Day sermon. if I. It's not that I have something against you. I mean, my mom gave me me, so that works out good. But it's a function of I just I just want you to know that as moms, some of us didn't have great moms. Some of us were, are, are maybe not as good as what we think we should be. Some of us are not quite there where we want to be. But that Jesus Christ is the only one that we have to live up to a standard of. It has nothing to do with the next door neighbor. Nothing to do with the Facebook page. Nothing to do with Instagram. None of that. We don't have to live up to any of that as moms or dads. We live up to what Christ calls us to be. That's fathers and mothers, and lead your children in the way of the Lord. That's the whole goal. The other thing is, is when I preach, I get a couple of things you need to know. One is, I love me some Jesus. I mean, there's, I will preach, and he will make me cry sometimes when I'm preaching. Because sometimes I'll read a verse and just, oh, tears start flowing in my eyes. I might have read the, read the verse 40 times. And when I read it that 41st time, tears come out of my eyes. Why, I don't know. But I love me some Jesus. Number two is I love the word of God. John Piper said, why blabber so much as a pastor? Why blah, 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 blah. You can hear a lot of the sermons from a guy, but that's a fallen person giving you information. The scriptures are the power of God that will give you his word and show you something that is so deep that that is what cuts you through. It says it will cut you through your marrow. That's the word of God. So I use a lot of scripture verses. The last one is, is I get very excited. Now, I'm not going to roll down the aisles or, or do any flips, but I do jump a little bit. 
And I do have a, a very good time preaching the word. So when we look at these things, if I get real excited, there's reasons for that. Is because every time I preach a gospel message, I learn something. Is this thing working? Because I don't hear very well. Every time I preach any kind of message about God, I learn something. You guys are sitting out here going, I wonder what that's about. I love opening the word because he talks to me every time. I just hear it. And that voice of God makes me excited. This morning we're going to look at some verses that I think might show something that us, us moms out there, I say us moms, you moms, may see yourself in. We're going to look at John chapter 13, 1 through 17, where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. And there's one particular verse I want to hit on when we go through this, but I'll read the verses. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to, to uh, depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured out water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And he wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, you do... Uh, you, do you wash my feet? Jesus answer, answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, wash my feet only, but also wash my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew that who was going to betray him, that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12 is the verse that I want to hit on the most. It says this, When he washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? Not for you, but to you. I love that. Because when you sit there and look, a lot of times we go to Jesus, we want to pray to him for something. We want to pray to him to give us something. We want to pray to him to uh, some sort of power to do. We were down in Disney World this past week. It was so great. So we're walking through Animal Kingdom, and there was a plane that was flying overhead. And I don't know if anybody else does this, but I always preach this. I wish God would speak to us in a sky riding. Or maybe one of these planes that do across here that all of a sudden a sign comes about and you go, oh, there's my sign that I can watch. Well, we're walking through Animal Kingdom and here the word Jesus is in the sky writing on the, in the sky. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You see, those are the things we want to see. Just do something for me, Jesus. He says, no, I'm going to do to you in this particular verse. You call me teacher and Lord and you are right, so, for, so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So again, verse 12. What am I, do you understand what I'm doing to you? You see, the Lord being our Savior is fantastic. 
I mean, that is, that is the encompassing of what we tell, what we talk about, what we want people to see, that he is our Savior, that he saves us from going to hell, that by accepting him, he now has become our, our Father. He's become everything that we need. But in some instances, and it's in, in a lot of instances, I believe, in what's going on right now in this world, he's not our Lord. So we look at this picture of the fact that we are saved, but we're saved for what? You see, the grace of God is fantastic, but the commission of the grace of God is even greater. So he saves us. Now what do we do? You see, you go through life. I don't know if anybody else does this, but you go through life and wonder, I wonder where I'm going to be. wonder what I'm going to do in my life. How can I work harder to get my, what I want in my hands? What can I do? The Lord gives us opportunities to basically hit a grand slam. I used to love to play baseball. There's nothing better than somebody pitching a nice little fastball. You hit the ball, and it goes out of the park. And you're running around the bases. All right. Like a knucklehead, I used to do ESPN music in the background. You see, when you're witnessing about Jesus Christ, that is an opportunity to hear the ESPN sound system going on every time one of your words comes out because it's not your words. It's God's words that are doing these things. It's God's word. I apologize. I usually wear this on my left ear. so I better get left-handed or I'm going to be in trouble here in a second. I saw my daughter right here. Did you hear him hit it again? You see, when we look at this, we've got to understand what he's called us to do. Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. You see, he's called us to do that, to love kindness, to do these things. So when he gets down, he's got that towel, and he sits there, and he starts rubbing their feet and washing them down and doing the things. He is doing the things he's called us to do with that towel, to wash others' feet. Now, when you sit there and think, well, is it really truly washing feet? If it is washing feet, he'll tell you. But a lot of instances, there are people that are sitting there that need their feet washed, but in ways that we don't understand. It may be just in listening. It may be giving words of encouragement. It may be using your hands and your feet to go go tell the gospel. My wife goes to India once every year, and they go and do a missions trip for 14 days. And she goes there, and I said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? She said, I'm going to walk and see what God tells me to do. That's the goal. So she gets in there and wants to wash the feet of these people. There's a book I once read. I can't remember the name of the doctor, but he ran a, a, a leprosy place down in Louisiana. Believe it or not, there was, there's still leprosy in, in the United States. But they, they asked him, what is your best ministry? He said, my best ministry is this, is when I begin to wash the feet of the lepers who never get touched. And he says, and you see their eyes and their tears start to flow because they've never been touched by God, by the hands of God. And by doing this, I am acting as a tool for Jesus Christ. Man, that's the only, that's it. Because that is what God has called him to do. Another verse, Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. You see, encouragement is a big, 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 big thing. Because a lot of times we just don't get encouraged. 
Mother's Day is great because this is the time when the dads and the kids and everybody can encourage the mom to say, Hey, we love you. We care about you. Again, a lot of people didn't have great moms. My mom wasn't the greatest mom in the history of the world. Grew up in an alcoholic family. A lot of things went on. It was like, oh. But at 82 years old, she became a believer in Jesus Christ. Now she calls and says, oh, I'm sorry. And I go, hey, I forgive you because God forgave you. You see, that's the goal. That's the encouragement. It's not always where you got to pat him on the back, but it is times when you have the opportunity to do it. Look for opportunities to encourage one another in what they're doing. The music is so fantastic. Quit piano playing. I'm just getting this. I can't sing a note. Glad you played loud because I just. <laughs> the Lord hears it really well, but when you're standing next to me, it's not that great. But the music is fantastic. It's encouraging when they come off the stage and they get done. They're not looking for accolades, but why not go up to them and say, thank you? Because they get here early in the morning. They prepare all the things they go. I think you guys prepare on Thursday also, right? So there's times that they're doing things. We don't even see it. They don't just come up here and look good. They have things they have to practice. They have to do. Give them some encouragement. Those are things that we should do as believers in Jesus Christ because he loves kindness. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You see, even the disciples didn't even listen real good to that. They were sitting there walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus. Now, I always sit there and go, man, I wish I could have been there when Jesus was walking. Man. The Holy Spirit's with us every single second of the day. It's way better that way. That's why he says, when I leave, I will bring you a helper that will be better than who I am, and I will leave him with you. And you sit and you look and go, ah. But listen listen to what the disciples thought. It's in Luke chapter 24, the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with one another about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up walking along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. That'd be the weirdest thing (laughs) as you're walking along, and here comes Jesus up beside you, and you're like, hey, what are you doing? You don't know him, but you begin to talk to him. He comes to hear what you're saying. He comes to hear what you're doing. And you look at the thing and it says this. As they walked, or I'm sorry, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things and have happened there in these days? Jesus says, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. Now, what's weird about this is because they were standing with him, walking with him, talking with him, saw him bring people from the dead, cast out demons, make uh, lame people walk, all these things. And the best thing they can come up with talking to Jesus Christ is he was a prophet. Now, there's prophets all through Scripture, but none were the Messiah. None were the point that he was the one that was doing all these things, but even they saw something that wasn't there. They also, in verse 21, says, but we had hoped 
that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. So they saw him as the redeemer, but fell short of knowing he was the redeemer because he wasn't there. He went to the cave, went to the cross, buried inside. Now we can't find him. Not sure where he's at. Oh, by the way, I'm standing next to you. But the two things they look at, he was, we were really hoping for the Redeemer. There's numerous scriptures that says they wanted a king, someone that's going to come in and destroy the Romans. They didn't even know what they were looking for. And they walked with him, with all the things that he did. They also believed him as a healer. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and every affliction. They believed that he could do these things, but yet still fell short of seeing him as the Lord. Go to church with somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And you'll hear statements like, yeah, I believe he was a prophet, but I believe he walked on on the earth, but. They cannot get underneath their skin that it says this, that he was our Redeemer, Messiah, and our Savior all in one. And there's reasons for that. It's because the Holy Spirit has not revealed to them the depth of Jesus Christ. But when he does reveal it to us, when he does come to us and begins to talk to us, how do we fall so short of not seeing him as our Lord and Savior? I'm right there with you. There's certain times I go, are you sure? I have doubts. I have questions. I don't doubt my salvation. I don't doubt he's the Messiah. But I do doubt that he's going to do what I want him to do. Come on, man. (laughs) That's a Joe Biden statement. Come on, man. I've asked you. I've prayed. I've done these things. Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? You see, the towel wasn't for them showing that he was all these different things, the healer, the prophet, the redeemer, the Messiah. That was not what that towel was for. The towel was to show that he was the servant. Isn't that cool? Do you realize that you have someone who died and rose again to serve us with salvation? To serve us with peace? Peace beyond all understanding. Now, these are scripture verses that I'm using, but that towel is to show us that we need to wash other people's feet. And we miss it. They believed him to be a teacher. Listen to this. Seeing the crowds, he went up to on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. Now, this is the Beatitudes, and I'm not going to go through all of it. But he taught them. And he taught them... But it, That's not what that towel was to show. Because here's why he didn't need to show that with the towel. Because they stood there with him and watched him do it. They stood right there with him. And and, and they passed out bread. And they did the things that were there when he was preaching. And they sat there and watched that and still yet did not believe. Revelation says he was the Alpha and the Omega says the Lord God, who is what, who is, and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. But that's not what the towel was to show. Do you really think that the Almighty would get on his knees and begin to wash your feet? He did. 
I was reading something this morning about the fact that he takes his clothes off and he goes down to his underwear when he does this. Now, the Jewish people back then did not take their clothes off, didn't go to their underwear. But the reason why Jesus Christ did it was he got down there with all his humility in front of him and said, I'm going to do this in humility for you. Why? Because he loved us. Here's a verse that's really pretty cool. He didn't come to be this king. Isaiah 53, 1 through 3 says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. And he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and he was esteemed him not. Now, <laughs> there's a picture out that I, I'm like, man, that's got to be Jesus. He looks like Kenny Loggins. I don't know if anybody's seen that painting that the girl did. And it looks like Kenny Loggins. The verse right there says he doesn't look like Kenny Loggins. The verse right there says he had no majesty to say, I'm going to follow him because he's good looking. I'm going to follow him because he dresses cool. I'm going to follow him because he's neat. The verse right there says that he came in all his humility to show you I'm with you. That's why God sent him to the earth. God could have ruled over us, above us, but he says, no, I've got to do something different. I'm going to send my son down to you. And you look and you say, ah. You see, his actions were to show that he's a Savior. It says in John, 1 John 4, 14, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Thank God. Acts 13, 23, Of this man's offspring God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. But that's not what the towel was to tell us. It was more to tell us that he was a servant. Listen to this, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, if you don't, I'll pray for you. I pray that, that the Lord touches your heart and moves in you. But if you know the Lord Jesus Christ today as your Savior, a ransom was paid for you. Now, I got this lady that's in church all the time, and whenever I say something like that, she goes, Woohoo! <laughs> One of the churches I preach at says, We don't do that in church. If you can't get excited about Jesus Christ ransoming his life for you, then you might want to just see if there's anything in here. Because that is fully paid for you on a cross. That was fully paid for you when he came out of that grave and went to his father. Fully paid. Now I say, woohoo, because that is the joy of Jesus Christ. He was a promiser. Now I had to look up promiser to see if that was really a true word. And it is. Thank goodness. Philippians 4:19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in the glory in Jesus Christ. Not your wants, but your needs. But I really want but you don't need it. The 
cool part is about that verse, it says this, I will provide your needs based on the riches and glory of Jesus Christ. What are the riches of Jesus Christ? The biggest one you want to look at, first and foremost, is that he has given you the ability to wash other people's feet. Now think about that. He has given you an opportunity to take towels. Now I'm not telling you that you're running around with a towel, and please don't get down to your underwear when you go to do it. But when you go, you have an opportunity to do what Christ has called us to do and give all of it glory to him. What a beautiful statement. He also says this if, in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He promises that. That's a promise. Not only is it not a, it's a promise, it's a guarantee. I guarantee you. What was the washing of the feet for? Truth. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth. And the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth, that the truth will set you free. If you're going to wash feet, wash them with the name of Jesus Christ on that towel. Not us. Because everything we do, we fall short of the glory of God. But if you're going to wash feet, Do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because if somebody asks you, why are you washing my feet? You can look at them and say, because my Savior did mine. I hope you can see that. I hope you see more depth than that. When you see that you're doing it for Jesus Christ. And here's why we do it. Listen to this last verses I've got here. Matthew 25, 35 through 40. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did, he, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a, 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 you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king answered them this, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Did you hear that? When you go to wash somebody's feet or do something in ministry, look in their eyes and see Jesus Christ. Because he is the one you do it for. And then the last verse is verse 17 in in John 13. It says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Isn't that great? You want to receive a blessing today? Wash somebody's feet. Now, what do you mean, Ron, by washing somebody's feet? Listen, it can be anything. The waitress, whoever you eat dinner with this afternoon. Whatever goes on, say, hey, praying for you. The Lord... It wants to bless you. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Wash somebody's feet at the restaurant today. Because waitresses, oh, in this day and age, they put up with so much stuff. They got to hear it all day long. All day long they hear negativity. Bless them with something. We'll go to lunch at particular places when we do our elder meetings, and we'll stop and we'll say, Where, how's your day going? How's the things going today? 
And boy, you would be surprised. Some of them go, well, let me tell you. Stinks. <laughs> now, in some instances, when I used to go to church at our other church, I'd find that one particular person who was a complainer, that person was coming in church, and I'd run the other way. Because I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> run towards them. And give them a word of encouragement. Wash them with the feet of Jesus Christ. Wash them with that towel. And you'll be blessed beyond belief because the riches and glory of God will be upon you. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord.